Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Everybody, come on in. Glad to speak with you. My apologies, my apologies for the off week last week, a little Sunday recording. Hope everyone is having a great spring, good start to their spring. Hopefully their spring has sprung. If you did Easter, hopefully you hopped around and had a good time. If you did Passover, hopefully you uh, left that leavened bread where it belongs in the trash can. Uh, I ate a lot of leavened bread, so... I did not. I apologize again for the lack of a show last week. I'll get into that in just a second. But you're listening to the Believe in Jayhawks basketball show still basking in the afterglow of what is now a few weeks since a national title for your Kansas Jayhawks. The Believe in Jayhawks basketball shows on the Believe Network. It's no longer just a podcast network. Oh, God, no. It is so much more than you could have ever imagined. I think they've got like daily rotations. I think there's like a daily believe in Steelers show with former defensive back Ike Taylor on there. Come on. Don't you want to tune in daily to learn how the Steelers are going to replace that humongous bloated fat face of Ben Roethlisberger? That's all I need in my life. But I mean, what a roster is, is on this network now. I think I saw Takeo Spikes. Conducting an interview, former NFL linebacker, and at first name of Takeo. This sort of sounds like the word you shout for a long shofar blast during the high holy days of, of Judaism. Takeo. So that's Takeo Spikes. I think I've seen former adult actresses talking about all that's relevant. And then there's me. All these shows across the nation. And at the moment, there's a show that talks about a team that has most recently won a championship right here, brother so, and sister. So if you want to talk with me, if you want to get at me, Instagram at Jonas N three, one Oh, Twitter at Jonas D 90. Yeah. No show last week. I was actually, and I apologize for the no show over the course of the work week. Um, I've picked up something new in my life. It makes it a little bit more difficult to do shows during the weekday. I don't necessarily want to make it a weekend thing, uh, but I did want to make sure I got an episode out this week. I know it's the off season and we're going to trudge our way through it. Make it a little bit more palatable, of course, with that trophy raise, (laughs) that trophy raising a few weeks ago. We'll find the topics. We always do. And it's already become a crazy off season. There are some sort of news and notes, some nans, I like to call them that I want to get to, especially while I was gone. Um, In this crazy world of the college basketball offseason, you've got players coming and going and leaving and transferring and deciding and going pro, but staying, but testing. 
It's convoluted, and I love it. There's also some humongous news out of Philadelphia that, in a roundabout way, I do think affects Kansas very much. It's actually not Philadelphia exactly. It's like Philadelphia adjacent. You probably know what I'm talking about right now, but that's for the next segment. I was in the great state of North Carolina last week. I was in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Yes, I know what you're thinking. That is the hometown of Wake Forest University. Right there in Tobacco Road, Winston and Salem, of course, famously cigarette companies. So they call it Camel City because of Joe Cool and the whole thing. Man, how big of suckers are we that a cool-looking camel was a, that's animated was enough to get people to be like, yeah, I want to be like that guy. I want to store water in my back for days while huffing and puffing on a lung dart. <laughs> uh, Winston-Salem, though, lovely little place. Progressive type of place. You know, the KC people are going to love this. So I've now been to Winston-Salem twice. Once last August, and then again last week, two weeks ago now. And they always say that the whole barbecue triumvirate, you know, the Holy Trinity barbecue is the KC area, Memphis, as well as North Carolina. And a lot of it comes down to the sauces, right? That's what they say. KC barbecue, you know, the sauce. Most of you listening know the sauce. And as well as the pickles under the bread, that whole, that whole thing. Memphis barbecue. And then there's the North Carolina deal with the vinegar based barbecue sauce. Last August, I tried it for the first time, did not like it. The place I went to, supposedly the best barbecue spot in Winston Salem, I thought it was mediocre. Ribs, all right. The rest, eh, whatever. This time, thought maybe I went to the wrong place. You know, I'm speaking to someone who's driving me around. Like, what's the best barbecue spot? And he goes, everyone comes here and they talk about the barbecue, the barbecue, the barbecue. This isn't this isn't known for barbecue. And because I'm not really confrontational, I didn't want to respond. Be like, um, you idiot. It sure is. <laughs> I was just like, oh, oh, that's so interesting. I thought I thought of North Carolina thinking barbecue. What are you going to do? Um, and the second place I went to. It was whatever. I didn't even bother with the vinegar based sauce. Because I didn't like it last time. This time, ribs pretty good. Again, so maybe it was, it, it was the the pulled pork and the ribs that are pretty good. So maybe North Carolina is really known for their pig. <laughs> I mean, Mike Shashevsky did work in North Carolina for a long time. Oh, <laughs> uh, we'll get to that in just a second. Like I said, big story coming up. Um, so the, the, the North, the KC barbecue completely outclasses North Carolina. And I'm not just saying that to curry favor to the, the main listening base of this fan base, <laughs> uh, Memphis barbecue is great, but I have not had that in decades. I'm not ready to come down and, and make that designation between Memphis and Kansas city. So for those of you who take pride in that kind of thing, and I know there's a lot of people in that area who do KC barbecue at least in barbecue places around Winston-Salem, Kansas City and the Kansas area completely outclasses, you know, a very specific place in the tobacco state. 
On top of that, I did wear my Jayhawks gear around town just to see if I could get some reactions to bring it to the show. Now, this is a Wake Forest town, of course. So it's not like I'm going to Chapel Hill or it's not, it's not like I'm going to Durham, right? But, you know, you walk around, you still see that sky blue for North Carolina. You still see some Duke shirts. You know, you go to a local airport. They're selling the knockoff screen printed tees. <laughs> what's, what's like the go-to company that you think of for those t-shirts? I would say like Champion, but Champion is like really in vogue right now. Uh, but you know the deal. The, the fabric is not comfortable. It's a little scratchy. <laughs> uh, but you're going through an airport. You need a quick gift. Oh, my God. My nephew loves North Carolina. I'll take that T-shirt. Uh, but I did get some rye looks in one eating hall, sort of like a food court. It was actually a really cool place. Um, I wore my Jayhawk shirt, and I could see some sideways glances. Maybe a little grimace. Going, he should have won that game. I said, what are you going to do about it? You suck. <laughs> Go Kansas. So that's where I was last week. While I was gone, or while I was off the airwaves, the internet airwaves, if you will, some things have happened. And I want to start, believe it or not, with... Villanova. What? You've probably seen the news by now, but I have to get to it. Uh, This is a huge deal. As a Kansas basketball show, this is by nature then a national college basketball show as well. Kansas being a national brand and the national champions, things that happen around the country directly influence Kansas. It directly influences Kansas's ability to win a title. It directly influences Kansas's ways to get the best players on campus and to continue try competing for Big 12, Big 12 tournament and national titles. So with Coach K's retirement, don't know if you heard about it. And with Bill Self joining the upper echelon of coaches who have won multiple national championships on that night in New Orleans, when the Nets came down along with the confetti, there were three active head coaches who had won national titles. I mentioned it. In the immediate aftermath show, where it's Bill Self, Slick Rick Patino at Iona, as well as Jay Wright. Those were the cold hard facts. And then the, the hot take started to fly in terms of who's now the, the, the dean of college basketball, who is the best coach in college basketball. And the consensus seemed to be, you know, probably Jay Wright. Bill Self is obviously right there. It's sort of a 1A, 1B type of situation. The multiple titles, the constant winning, the pliability of playing styles, how flexible they are, at least in Bill Self's case. Uh, you think about Jay Wright and how he's sort of plug and play. They've got this beautiful culture. They've got this amazing style of basketball. And then, out of nowhere, seemingly out of nowhere, at least to us, Jay Wright announced his retirement this week. So, how does this affect Kansas? First and foremost, amazing career for Jay Wright. He sounds like he is finished, for sure. Secondly, wow, that's crazy. You can just retire from a high-profile basketball job 
without going through a full season washing like a certain coach on Tobacco Road? You don't need to make it all about you. I mean, think about Villanova's time at the Final Four. It was the Blue Blood Final Four. And we were sitting there saying, wow, look at these programs. These are the cream of the crop currently in college basketball. Look at the coaches. You've got the first-year coach in Hubert Davis, but what a job he's done. You've got three Hall of Famers, and you're looking at Villanova saying, again, Jay Wright, he, he's got these players. He's got Colin Gillespie. Oh, we're focusing on Justin Moore. It's too bad he can't play in this game. Eric Dixon. No, we're looking at the team. We're looking at the program as a whole. We're not talking about just the figurehead at the top of the mountain for that team. And so Jay Wright, somewhat humbly, retires this week without the fanfare. He's getting his fanfare, as he should. But he didn't make it all about himself, right? He did what he had to do, which is announce it. So when Villanova steps on the court for the first time and you see Kyle Neptune taking over, you're like, what? wait a second, Where, where's Jay? No, he's, he's got to announce it, right? Uh, Kyle Neptune had been on Villanova's bench, by the way, all these years. Had a quick little pit stop to be the head coach at Fordham, home of the Rams. That is where, if you're wondering, uh, Vin Scully, longtime baseball and sports announcer, went to college. And that is where the L.A. Rams football team actually get their name from, the Fordham Rams. Because it's like their first owners or something went to Fordham, something like that. I believe. You can Wikipedia with me on that. So let me tie this back around to Kansas. So Jay Wright retires. And your first thought is, wow, so young. This is the George Clooney of college basketball. Amazing suits. Little wink, little smile. Guy who can light up a room, light up a press conference. Coolest cat in college basketball. Yeah, definitely the the bang as Chris Jenkins hit the game-winning three-pointer against North Carolina in 2016. Unbelievable moment. I would have lost my GD mind. He's like, all right, sweet. We won the title. No big deal. <laughs> so you say, wow, so young. Jay Wright, maybe shockingly to you. It was shocking to me when I looked it up. Shocking that he's older than I realized. Uh, Jay Wright is 60 years old. So in, the ter- in, in terms of his life, he hopefully still has a long ways to go. Hopefully we see him on the sidelines and in the stands at Villanova games for years to come. Certainly, certainly younger than Mike Krzyzewski and Roy Williams, who retired the last few years. And younger than Tom Izzo and Jim Beheim. But 60 years old. And right after my initial shock, I was like, uh-oh. Bill Self, many of you may or may not know this, is 59 years old. And Bill Self, actually, that's crazy. Uh, Bill and Jay Wright have very similar <laughs> birth dates. Uh, Jay Wright, born December 24th. Bill Self, born on December 27th. So they both hit their birthdays right around the same time. So if you've got Jay Wright, who is now a Hall of Famer, he's a basketball Hall of Famer, much like Bill Self, saying, 
man, I've had enough of this. And reportedly, it's not health-related. Supposedly, Jay Wright is just totally burnt out on coaching and the grind and the lifestyle, which I I do get. Like, you've got a premier position, and, like, what he's built Villanova into, that's not something you really think you should be just willingly letting go of. When you think about the paycheck, of course. Think about the cachet. I mean, this is a guy that's pretty wildly, or widely, I should say, held in high regard in the college basketball world. And immediately folks go, okay, so we'll see you on the Lakers next year. Or coaching the Lakers. If he's on the Lakers, that'd be amazing. He actually would still be the youngest player on the last year's Lakers roster. Oh, they were so old. But no, Uh, Jay Wright reportedly has no interest in coaching NBA teams. He had his Olympic experience a few years ago and, quote, can't imagine dealing with that for 82 games, (laughs) which I completely understand. NBA players these days are uncoachable. They are wild. What are you going to do? So more power to you, Jay Wright. I wouldn't want to coach those NBA guys either. I would, I would get paid to be fired, though, by an NBA team. I take that back. The money's in getting fired, right? <laughs> but again, this is about Bill Self. So we talked a lot about his legacy last episode. And his legacy is now pretty firmly confirmed. You know, this is all pre-sanctions and who knows what's going to happen. I'm sure we'll have a full episode on that if, when, if it ever happens this offseason or ever in our lifetimes. But as of right now, there's no 1A, there's no 1B. Bill Self is the main enchilada in college basketball. Only two active coaches now have multiple titles. One is currently coaching at Elon. And one of his multiple titles in Rick Petito is technically vacated. Bill Self obviously doesn't lead the nation in wins. You've got guys like Bayheim still out there. But he'll continue to rack him up, obviously. And he continues to compete. And he continues to win. Year after year is the toughest conference in college basketball in the Big 12. And Jay Wright, with a quote like that about the NBA, actually made me sit back and say, okay, it's going to come down to either when Bill Self is just fed up with this, much like Jay Wright, or it's going to come down to whatever happens with the NCAA and the IARP, whatever comes down from that, maybe it's just too much, and he's just like, I'm out of here. Because something tells me if Bill Self wanted to go to the NBA, it probably would have happened by now. The whole deal used to be, you know, the only NBA job he's probably probably going to take is if when Greg Popovich finally retires. But we've been saying that now for 10-plus years. The reason being, uh, R.C. Buford, the Spurs GM, he and Bill are tight. Uh, Chase Buford, of course, used to be a walk-on at the end of Kansas's bench. Tyler Self, Bill's son, uh, I think he he's certainly working in the scouting world, and I think he's doing it for the Spurs. I think they hired him. So the ties are there. But something tells me that if Jay Wright's feeling that way and Bill and Jay have a good good rapport from what I understand, 
something tells me that Bill Self doesn't want anything to do with NBA player. I mean, think about Bill Self's coaching style, right? Pretty abrasive. Like, he's going to get in his players' faces. Like, you got to have a bit of a power complex. You are 60 years old, lording over 18-year-olds. And he just can't coach that way with the pros. And so because of that, I I think, and and he's got the lifetime rolling contract at Kansas. And I, I may be just speaking and yelling into nothingness right now. Like many of you may be sitting there saying, yeah, obviously Bill Self's not going to the NBA, but I'm, I'm sitting here wondering like, how does the tenure at Allen Fieldhouse come to an end for Self? Because that was shocking for Jay, right? And we don't know what's going on for these guys behind the scenes. Look, Bill Self does not look like the picture of health compared to Jay Wright, certainly. I think Bill's enjoyed himself at the Oriad a few times. I think he's gone to 23rd Street Brewery and had the Bill Self pasta a few too many times. <laughs> he's got a full face. That's all I'm saying. It made me think, right? But as of right now, there's no doubt who the big kahuna of college basketball is. Now, Mark Few finally gets that title. Maybe we start talking, but I don't know. So let me know your thoughts on Bill Self and the national landscape. Let me know your thoughts on Jay Wright. It's crazy. That's now four consecutive meetings going all the way back to 2008, of course, that when Bill Self and Jay Wright, Kansas and Villanova, meet in the NCAA tournament, the winner of all four matchups has eventually gone on to win the national title. 2008, in the Sweet 16, 2016 in the Elite Eight. That is a, wow, that is a tongue twister. 2018 in the Final Four, and of course, 2022 in the Final Four. Hey, have you noticed that Ochai Baji technically hasn't declared for the NBA? The deadline's coming up, and maybe it's going to be a deadline day type of thing. And this is not going to be a long segment, but I scoured the internet as in I searched for Abaji on Twitter. And he technically has not declared for the NBA. That being said, I will probably release this. And tomorrow he probably has a humongous, beautiful, nicely scripted, well-edited video probably going to be released. But he does have his COVID year eligibility left. I personally hope for him that he doesn't come back. His stock is never going to get higher. Look, if somehow Ochai Abaji comes back to school next year and he can dribble, sorry, he can dribble, but if he can create off the bounce, if he's even better defensively, if he's even more consistent, awesome. Like if they're going to get a potential NBA rookie of the year on the Kansas team next year, that would be amazing. But I hope he gets truly paid for it and starts his pro career. If he's going to be... A late lottery pick, certainly a first-round pick. Good Lord, just go to the NBA. We know it. He knows it. Bill Self knows it. He talked about it at the end of year. It's not a luncheon. The the banquet. It's a banquet. And he said, you know, Ochai has a decision to make. Just kidding. You know, we'll see you in the NBA next year. So my guess is 
The reason it's taking this long is maybe Final Cut Pro is taking a long time to render or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I Again, I hope he doesn't go to the NBA. That being said, really interesting moments for Christian Brown and Jalen Wilson. Dave McCormack, by the way, did declare for the NBA and said he's not coming back. That's fine. Talk about leaving on a high note. The guy played his two best games ever, literally ever as a Kansas Jayhawk in the games that mattered most. Go start your pro career. Congratulations, David. Wonderful, wonderful stuff. He made it happen when it mattered most. Of course, the, the, the eyes of Jayhawk Nation now turn to a young man from Burlington and a youngster out of Denton, Texas. Christian Brown just today announced on his gram that he's going to test the NBA waters and leave open his eligibility. Perfect, as he should. Jalen Wilson has not done that officially, but an agency did welcome him. They posted something welcoming him. So he's as good as testing as he should. Again, go do it. These are two really interesting cases. We have all offseason, by the way, for player review and season review. This is sort of what's happening in the moment. I'll probably get into the position groups or the player-by-player season review here pretty soon, obviously. This is a big deal. So we know the transformation that Abaji made after testing the waters last year. was almost finished with basketball, period. Came back. Better than ever. Final four, most outstanding player, Big 12 player of the year. First round draft pick. It seems like Christian Brown is a consensus back end of the first round pick. Maybe he slips into the second. But there's quotes and credit to CJ Moore of The Athletic, who's amazing. You know, there's quotes saying if he goes, he, if he uses the process, then comes back and has another good year or as an Abaji type year, he also could get himself up into the teens, up into like lottery territory. The pros for Christian Brown, tough, right? Attitude, athletic wing. This year played defense one through four. Amazing rebounder, four size. And that goes to the toughness, willing to get his nose in there get a little dirty, willing to go at guys who maybe are more talented, maybe more athletic. And man, can he yell that word that is also synonymous with a girl dog. He's got an attitude. (laughs) Cons, not great off of the dribble. A jump shot that he doesn't really have a lot of faith in because he has an amazing hitch in it. It takes him forever to get his jump shot off. His knees, if you ever look at video of him shooting threes, his knees are bow-legged. He's almost pigeon-toed as he shoots a three-point shot. So it's a little awkward, and that makes it a little bit tough for him to, to shoot off of the dribble. And like I said, it takes him so long to release his, his uh, jumper and his three-point shot that he allows defenders the opportunity to get back into the play. He might be wide open. And the reason people probably yell at him so much for passing up open shots is because he does, in fact, know that it takes him so long to release it 
that he knows the distance. Like that guy's so far away that he might end up closing me down by the time my shot gets off. So if he can get that to be more efficient, then yeah, you're looking at a really good NBA prospect, I believe in Christian Brown. But as, of, as we sit here right now, that is his deal. And so if he could clean that up and if he could do that at school, he could really shoot himself up. But I don't begrudge him one bit. He needs to go into the process and he needs to, he needs to test the waters. Like with the rule that you can go in and still come back, get the information you need, with the rule that you can hire an agency briefly, like guys like him and of course Jalen Wilson, who I'll talk about, they need to do that. And then of course there is Jalen Wilson. Here's the thing about Jalen. I felt that over the course of the year, look, it took him a while to get going. He had the suspension at the start of the year for some really dumb and stupid actions. And it took him a second to really get some tread on his tires. Sort of spinning his wheels in place once he came back from that suspension. I felt that in his best games, he was a one-half per game player. Like against K-State in Manhattan. He was nothing in the first half. Couldn't handle the pressure. In the national championship game, right? Think of all the layups he missed in the first half. Where he'd have a good first, a weak second. There's not many games off the top of my head, and maybe you know of them. Uh, shoot it to me on the socials. Where I thought he had a full 40 minutes of just excellent basketball. He was influential one way or another. He could hit a three. He was usually the lightning rod on the fast break in their transition offense, ripping down a rebound or taking the outlet pass. I'm not going to say he was their best passer per se, but he was certainly the guy that was asked the most or he was one of their most key figures in their go-go Jayhawks fast break offense. And it's because of that, in his true versatility, and in the modern game, I think he's a perfect fit with his lack of a true position. And I say that as a compliment. He plays positionless basketball. I think if he goes into the process, if he gets the info he needs, and he really gets down into the nitty-gritty of his game, I believe Jalen Wilson could have a transcendent season next year for Kansas. He is a truly unique player. I know in today's game, it's not that big of a deal to have a big man, sort of a point forward. But he has the ability to knock down threes. He has the ability to get to the rack. <laughs> he would have had huge numbers in the national championship if he hit like five layups. He has the ability, again, to guard one through four, to get that rebound, to be a fast-break maestro. And I think he could have a really special season if he came back to school. Now, if he gets the information that he needs, if he works on it, if he shows all of that, and NBA scouts say, yeah, we'll, we'll take what we're seeing right now and we'll, we'll convert that to the NBA then by all means, you go get your cash for real. 
I do see how all of that could happen. There, there is a scenario where I envision Jalen Wilson having pl- Big 12 Player of the Year type of year next year. And I don't think it's that crazy to say. Now, remember, he's a redshirt. This is his third year out of high school. I don't think this is a guy who envisioned being in school this long. He's a redshirt sophomore, or he, he just finished his redshirt sophomore year. So I wouldn't be surprised if that plays into his thought process as well, saying, look, I, I don't want to be doing the school thing anymore. <laughs> I feel you. I don't want to be doing the school thing anymore. So I don't. <laughs> Other news around college basketball. Th- that's, the, that's sort of the big deal. Wilson, Brown, they're in there. They are leaving their eligibility open. Stay tuned. Could be a big deal. One way or another, Kansas's team is going to be really interesting next year. Guys that are for sure gone. Tehan, Lightfoot, McCormack. Sort of technically Abaji. Well, not technically, but like, let's be honest. And Remy Martin. And Jalen Coleman. Jalen Coleman lands. He and Mitch Lightfoot. Sorry, you can't play seven or eight years of college. <laughs> you can't spend a decade of your life in college. As much as you want to. At what point does it start getting creepy, right? Like Mitch needs to graduate. A seventh year. Like, you can't be going to, like, the hawk and the wheel when you're 28 years old. I know that's not what his age is, but you know what I'm saying. Speaking of the Big 12, speaking of crazy off-seasons, get ready to see a lot of stuff like this. This, I, I had to bring this up, one, because he's a really good player, and this does directly affect Kansas. But I think I mentioned that it was the point guard for K-State that was transferring. Marquise Noel. Uh, it's Nigel Pack, the sharpshooter. He is transferring out of K-State, and he's found himself a new home. You know, when I think Manhattan, Kansas, I always think tropical vibes, Copacabana, the ocean, you know, a pina colada perhaps on the beach of Manhattan, Kansas. Beautiful sort of new wave architecture. And with that being said, maybe a yacht, maybe a yacht. Sports cars zipping up and down in Aggieville, Manhattan, Kansas. So that's why it makes total sense that Nigel Pack is getting that exact same feeling. It's like, I I don't want to be in this program anymore, but I do want to live the same lifestyle. So he transferred to Miami. (laughs) Uh, it's more than just, oh, my God, Jim Laranega is such a good coach. Oh, my God, the ACC, how can I pass this up? Well, he did also sign a straight-up two-year. It's a contract. It's a two-year, $800,000 deal, four hundred k a year. It's an NIL agreement. It's a deal with Life Wallet, And along with the cold, hard cash, Nigel Pack also is getting promised a sports car. (laughs) It was a full-on press release. And Nigel Pack, to his credit, said what he had to. He said, yeah, I'm just really excited to go play for Coach Laranaga. You know, Miami, this is a place that uh, 
I feel is really building something here. Didn't really mention the fact that they made the Elite Eight. Like, it's fine. You got paid a butt ton. Joe Living Coral Gables. We get it. Enjoy the humidity. I wouldn't. A sports car in 800K. Good for you, Nigel. You're only six foot. Get it while you can. <laughs> so uh, keep an eye out on similar type of deals. Speaking of transfers and the transfer portal, there is a name I want to raise for you. A really impressive young man and a truly impressive point guard is transferring out of Iowa State, and Kansas is on his list. It is Tyrese Hunter, a guy who had his trouble scoring but straight up carried Iowa State through a game or two in the NCAA tournament. I watched his game. He was on fire. He's an amazing young man with a crazy backstory, and I don't want to butcher it too much, but I believe it goes something like this. Lost both of his parents at a very young age. Brother took him in. Here he is playing big-time college basketball. I'll make sure I get it right should he transfer to Kansas. He's a defensive maestro with the ability to play pretty good offense. At first, my thought was, Tyrese Hunter, got to have him. Amazing kid, amazing story, great player. But then I realized, is that really the best fit for Kansas? Dewan Harris, totally vindicated. Am I really looking forward to another full year of Dewan Harris? I don't know. You know, dynasties in college are tough because you only get a four-year window or so. So look, the guy won his national championship. Dewan Harris is good as long as he's still in Lawrence. Do whatever. Be consistent with your outside shooting. Be a little undersized for the position. You're good. You keyed a national title game resurgence. But I'm still team Joseph Yesifu, and I think he's really good. And quote unquote, Bill Self says that Bobby Pettiford is going to be the next great Kansas point guard. So should they really be bringing in Tyrese Hunter to be stunting the growth of Bobby Pettiford to be taking away minutes from Yesifu? And you know Bill Self doesn't want to take away minutes from Dewan Harris. Man crush. <laughs> so it's, a, it's an interesting conundrum. You've also got guys like Kyle Cuffey, who reportedly is going to transfer. So the, the point guard room, not that they do that in basketball, is crowded. And is this a worthwhile move? I think he's a really, really good player. And I think he's a Kansas type of type of guy. I think he's a Bill Self type of player. I think he's amazing defensively. And I think he has the potential to be pretty good offensively. So maybe it's worthwhile. But remember, depth is crazy overrated in college basketball. Oh my God, this team goes nine deep. People are going to forget there's a lot of names on this past year's Kansas team. But all throughout the tournament, outside of blowout time, they consistently only played seven guys. KJ Adams got a little run in there, so we'll call it seven and a quarter. Depth is not a huge deal. You just need guys to give starters and main players a breather. Injury issues, obviously, a big deal. 
in foul trouble. So somebody to keep an eye on Tyrese Hunter. There was a big signing also uh, Kendrick Davis out of SMU. This was the number one transfer. Nigel Pack was number two. Davis is going to Memphis, leaving SMU, going to Memphis. And Amoni Bates. Some Kansas fans are all in on Amoni Bates, leaving Memphis. Look, if you're looking for the most talented player on the transfer portal and maybe even the most talented player that's either unsigned, being recruited, what have you, Amoni Bates is a supreme talent. But he's also a humongous headache. His dad is reportedly way too involved. Uh, he got hurt, but supposedly wasn't that hurt, could have played. And Memphis just flat out was a better team when Imani Bates wasn't on the court for them this year. They wouldn't have made the tournament until the point. You could pinpoint the point. You could pinpoint the point where Bates started to sit out and Memphis went on their run and made March Madness. So that's the nation that is. A lot to get through, a lot to get to. I appreciate, as always, you listening. Hope you're having a great weekend. You can use this to buzz off to sleep for the weekend as you're driving in, perhaps, on your Monday morning. Have a listen. Uh, let me know your thoughts. Put a lot out there. Hopefully, we'll get a lot back. Uh, but until next week, I will, I'll be sure to get a more consistent day down with everything that's going on. But have a great rest of your weekend. And as always, thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube. 